Welcome to Radar Contact, the air traffic management podcast by Fox ATM. Welcome to one more episode of Radar Contact. My guest today is Simona Frankova, managing partner of NG Aviation. Simona, welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Before we go in the topic we want to tackle today, which is digitalization in AIM and ATM, can you just give us a short idea of your professional trajectory before and, and with NG Aviation? Yeah, for me, it was quite straight from my childhood. Uh, it was two options. Like first was the aviation, the second was Navy, since we are inland country. So uh, I chose the aviation. And then I started to, to study the air traffic control, got the license and switched directly to the AIM by coincidence because my one of my professors, he was really in the topic. So I decided, okay, it's something interesting over there because it's the, it was the time of the transition from the AIS to AIM. But I didn't get it uh, over there because I was the new generation. I didn't understand what we want to translate. Uh, so <laughs> I expect that if the uh, aircraft are flying, so uh, they do they do have some digital data. So, but I wasn't right. So I was trying to be deep in the topic, and then I got a job in a private company focusing on the digitization of aeronautical data. Then work for the NASP. And then I was hired by your control, which was my, let's say, best experience, working experience since now. In your control, just AI exam, digital note transition, and a lot of things like that. So this is how it happened. Yeah, that's a nice trajectory. And being a, from a slightly older generation, I can see what you refer to once. I could even argue and take, you know, the devil's advocate place and say, what do you mean digitalization? Everything is digital already. You get your note times on a computer. You get your uh, approach plates as a PDF. And uh, air traffic controllers have, have maps on their computer system they use for, for air traffic control. So this is digital, right? What more do you want? What more do you expect? And where do you see the, the problems? Exactly. Well, this is what the, like a lot of people are thinking in the aviation, but still there's the big difference between electronic and digital. And this was the first issue we had, like to explain to people that uh, electronic and digital is the very big difference. But even electronic was very advanced in aviation over there. So we try to, let's say, change the minds. This was the, let's say, the biggest issue and then try to digitize and to convince the aviation stakeholders it's very important for them to have a digital data. We are not still there, but uh, let's say trying to do that. So let me try to frame that a bit more. Imagine I'm the, the office at an ANSP, which is in charge of publishing procedures and everything. I can draw my procedures. Maybe I have a database or something. I publish a PDF that goes to the pilots. I publish maybe an Excel file that goes to the ATM office where they can convert it in whatever they want, put that in the ATM system. What more can we do? And what would be the difference between electronic and digital? Well, let's say the very important in our case is time, right? So 
because we, if we are referring to the databases, it's usually, let's say, a static database. So what we are trying to do with the digital one is the dynamic database, which is very big difference. So uh, if we are doing the digital, we can easily do dynamic. So if you have a short change or a short-term change, like digital notam, so it's the, just a small and short change, you can do it easily with the digital one problem with electronic is you have to update manually or you have to read the, your notum really on the paper or electronically. So there is no difference between those two. So this is the very big difference between the digital and, and electronic, especially with the updates. We had a bit of that discussion with your colleagues and with some people from Turn Systems in, in Madrid during the World ATM Congress at a panel I was lucky enough to moderate. And one of the big topics we discussed was the need for conversion, because for now, every system seems to have its own format. And I guess we can go in a direction of much more open standards and, and common standards. Is this something you are pushing for? Yeah, exactly. But we do have very big opposition of that, <laughs> because uh, like a lot of people, they're not really convinced with the AIX and one format. But we we need to use it this format because it's a standard. So if we want to exchange with the common language, the information, we need to use it. But sometimes we are seeing after 10 years of doing that, that there is a lot of people, oh, we don't need it. It's uh, very complicated to use it for such use cases. Yeah, sometimes I agree. It's the It's very demanding format to understand first. But to have a common language in the industries is very, very common. Like every single industry has a language. But here, I don't know why we are just really don't switch to the very common language and exchange information because in aviation is very needed. Like we are exchanging information in every second and it's a different story every second. And it's uh, it's direct impact on the safety. You mentioned the, the obstacles to a better use and a better or easier communication of data in, in aviation. Do you think one of the reasons for, for the weight of the legacy is the need, for example, to have something that is usable worldwide? You, you cannot assume that every pilot will have an electronic flight bag or something like that. Some still will need the, the paper, right? If you switch to the different industry, for instance, like automobile or mobile industry, do you need your paper map if you use Waze or Google Maps? Well, I guess uh, with my car, if I go to a country which is not well covered by Google Maps, should there be one? But uh, apart from North Korea, I cannot think of any. Uh, but maybe I will have cases where uh, my car will not be equipped. I cannot imagine that every pilot in the world, even business jets or, or private pilots, will be all electronic so rapidly at a worldwide scale or, or is that your vision for me it's very automatic like i see that how we are using the smart devices so for me it's reality in, in like now why pilots are different uh, let's say people from others or they have a special position i understand they're responsible for people and for safety but the same is in the medical world so they are using robots for the surgeries right so Every single industry is really far from, from aviation and we're trying to push aviation to be behind because we are scared to use the advanced technology. I understand you need to have a test, you need to use it, but even if you if you look at the UTM world, so they are going so fast and so far. So we need to adjust this progress. 
I will try to push the, the arguments against just a bit more for, for the exercise. You mentioned medical, and it's true, medical devices are certified, uh, probably even more stringent than, than aviation-related things are. But a medical device gets certified in one country for use by one doctor, and this is it. And if you take uh, an, an A340 or a 777, it's certified for operation worldwide. And we cannot expect all ANSPs worldwide to be able to provide digital data, are we? Yeah, we are, because there is the, we do have a couple of regulations. ICAO is very pushing this. Even if you look at the Annex 15, the one of the publication now is digital data sets, right? And if you want to have a digital data set and exchange them, you have to use the common format or even for the updates. It's the reality. There is no even discussion that we will still use a paper. I can tell that what is the difference? We are using papers for how many years, like how more than 100 years. And the problem was that we had the traffic, right? But it's what, it wasn't that heavy like now. So there, there was no need to use some optimization techniques or to use some smart devices. But now with this world, everybody just wants to be somewhere very fast or to get there very easily, very comfortably. So we need to do some improvements, right? I can totally relate to that. You know, being a private pilot myself, I remember uh, reading notams that were extremely cryptic, like, oh, there is a temporary military area between this and that and that and that coordinates. And you receive that as a single sentence of text, all in big caps, and and this is it. And I guess this is also somewhere where uh, digitalization and, and representation of data can be vastly improved. Exactly. And we see that every airport is under construction now or even in the 10 years. I was thinking about during the, my research that, okay, if, we, if you have like 50 notams, you can read it, right? So you can understand it, but you can't remember it, right? So this is the problem is the coded text. Sometimes it's really not clear what they, are, what they mean by that. So for us, it's very important to to have this information and filter the information, which is very important for you. But to remember 50 notams or 15 notams, I did myself this exercise. I was not even able to remember it as an air traffic controller. As a pilot, I can imagine that it's not really possible, even if you have a co-pilot. So going for, for digital notam is not just putting the notams in a database. It's also changing the way we represent we, we them. Does that also mean you need to structure them in a different way? Because I can imagine drawing a map based on a simple series of characters is, is not that easy. So will there be a new format, a new digital way of storing and processing notams? Yeah, exactly. We we had the discussion yesterday because a lot of requirements and tenders, they related that we would like to have a digital notam. But what is the digital notam? Is a temporal change on the database? So first of all, you need to have a database. The second of all, you need to have a data because you want to change, you want to do change on the data. And then you can have a digital notam. So it's not like I want a digital notam. I really need to digitize everything before I want to do some change. 
Uh, digital Notam is just the extension on the AIXM 501, so it's a temporal change on the data. So it does not make sense to require only Digital Notam if you don't have AIXM 501 data with the quality and suitable for the air traffic. This is very important. You need to have a data suitable for the air traffic management. If you don't have, nobody can use it. That's really interesting. Thank you for the level of detail you, you give us. So we framed the problem quite a bit now with where we want to go, where the industry want to go, where you with, with NG want to go. And what is exactly then the role and position of, of NG Aviation? Are you doing lobbying? Are you offering products? Are you doing trainings, processes, a bit of everything? Yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah, trying to, because it's very hard in the aviation industry. I can believe that also in others that you are going to the very subtle environment. So everybody doing things for aviation, like for 50 years. Congratulations, you have 100 years in industry. So this is not our position. And to be new on the market, you need to really fight. Which is very sad. Sometimes it's very nice because we do have a supporters, even our uh, competition. Uh, sometimes they tell us, okay, you're doing a great job. Uh, well done. But uh, sometimes it's really hard, especially if we are trying to win some tenders or attend, even attend to some tenders because there is a condition that you have to sell uh, systems for 15 millions in three years. Of course, we are not there. So uh, we are ultimately out. But the the industry is is very demanding, I can tell. But what how, what we are doing, how we are trying to, let's say, uh, have a new customers, we really do trials, we really do trainings, we really spend a lot of time with the customers. It's very, very tough work sometimes. Sometimes it's very nice. Uh, we're trying to analyze the, the, their data because what we are seeing now that a lot of customers, they do have AIX and 501 database, but guess who will use it? Like nobody. Right. So this is the aim to use those data and spread those data to the other systems or to use it for the profile briefing. So this is our aim, basically. And what we are really focusing on is to have a data with the quality and use it for the other use cases like statistics, analytics, uh, for some advanced decision making, provide those data to the ATM systems, to cockpit displays, like really to trying to be like leader, but trying to push this not only commercially, because usually if you look at the, um, the portfolio of other companies, they're just not really happy with AI exam because they don't have any products with that. We are doing a lot of workshops. We are really working closely with the customers. It's like really family business that we are very, very precise with the customers. If we see the interest and if they want to make some progress in their work. So we are always there to even help them get there. And with the processes, of course, is the biggest issue because you are changing very dramatically from a paper to digital. It's the very, very different work. It's more IT than aviation. We are open to help uh, anybody who is, uh, who is willing to, to change. Who are your typical customers? Are you after airports, ANSPs, airlines, everybody in aviation? We were firstly focusing on ANSPs, but it was not market for us. It will be, but it's really corporate business. So as the state business, usually there's not open environment for uh, for small companies. Even if you have a great product, usually is the long-term relationships between the companies and uh, our navigation services. So we found out it's very, very tough to 
not get there, but even ask them if they want to try or or not, or if they want to be progressive. It's a lot of processes to get there. But uh, for the airports, we are seeing that they are very open and uh, they're quite flexible because they do have real problems. If you look at the airside area, so there's a lot of changing Every single minute there is something new, there is all spin or they need to close the taxiway. So they need to really do things very quickly. So this is very suitable customer for us. Then everybody who wants to be very progressive and if states they have a vision or air navigation services, they have a vision and they know that data is the most important thing. Those customers are also on board. And of course, what we're trying to push is the statistics and analytics, which is very, very useful, not only for the airports and navigation services, but also for the airlines, which is very interesting. But every aviation stakeholders should have uh, access to the data, right? Everybody who is, who is keen to use it is our customer. It's very interesting to see how you are tackling ATM with a startup mindset. And I see a lot of difference. You said, oh, but smart devices, everybody has them. Why not? Why don't we use it? And all other industries is doing it already, which is true. And I mean, I've been in ATM myself for close to 25 years, and I know why sometimes the industry is a bit, let's say, a bit slower, to put it nicely. How is it for you, someone from your generation with your company culture, being a startup, small team, very agile, trying to be fast, let's say to try to integrate and work together with, with ATM. As I mentioned, it's very hard. So we were laughing that we can knock on the doors that, hi, we are in Aviation and we have a great tool for you. This is very demanding job for us, uh, especially for sales, because for the products and for the services, we have very clear vision. We really want to use the data and do optimization to have a vision and to really do artificial intelligence, machine learning, so we are our mindset is over there but as you mentioned some organizations they are not really thinking in this way because they not because they don't have knowledge but they have a different problems but they don't know they they can solve these problems with this kind of products so this is what we are trying to to spread this message that every single automatization or digitization help you with the operation but to have a stable position on the market it's it's just a tough it's really not good environment for a small company it's very hard to get the trust you need to if you go to the tenders you need to have i don't know how many years in the industry you have to provide the services for 10 years we are automatically out it's not really open but i can tell that some of the states they're really open for this kind of product they want to work with the small teams because they realize that okay we are quite fast there's no 10 decisions on the 10 different departments 10 different managers or if you are going there or there so we are just okay if you want it just think about it we are able to do it we will do it like very very fast if not so then we can just tell because a lot of people they are just telling they can and in the end, they can't. We are quite honest with the customer, what we can do, what we can't do. Very fast service. That's really nice to see that you are one of the, the companies making that change happen and making aviation, specifically ATM, a bit more, let's say, modern and, and reactive. If you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a question which is a bit more personal. You are one of the few female leaders in the ATM community and you are active even in, in Europe and in the Middle East. Do you mind uh, sharing a bit of your experience in that regard? 
I think that every single woman feel like a princess in the industry. It's uh, like really not a lot of female in the industry, but gentlemen treat us very well. They're really happy to work with women. Never had a problem. So I'm very, very grateful for people in the community. That's really good. So I guess your advice to any young lady wanted to, wanting to join the industry would be just to go for it full throttle, right? Yeah, for sure. That's, it's not a better place than here, like in aviation. I can tell that uh, my every single experience from Asia, Middle East, Europe, so Latin America, very welcoming, just the best. Thank you for, for that positive message. And to wrap up the, the interview, I'd like to finish with our uh, usual signature question. Which kind of changes do you see in, in your part of the industry in the next five years, but also to open room for fantasies in the next 50 years? What I see in the five years that the lower airspace will be controlled as well for the, for the UTM, for sure. And then we all realize that we need to, for instance, have an advanced flexible use of airspace for, for lower airspace. And I believe that everything will be digital, of course, and even legislation is pushing that. And in the 50 years, I believe that I will get to Washington in, in an hour. That's what that I can see. <laughs> that would be really nice. I'd like to see supersonic or even, even faster comeback in the year indeed. Simona, thank you very much for, for being our guest today, for taking the time. And we will keep our eyes on, on NG Aviation for sure. If you want to know more, there is links in the footnotes of the episode. And your website is ngaviation.eu. Thank you very much, Simona. Thanks a lot, Vincent. It was very nice. And I hope that uh, you and uh, any other people will enjoy that. This was Radar Contact. Visit foxatm.com or your favorite podcast platform for more.